So welcome. Uh, there's a traditional greeting in the church. When I say Christ is risen, you respond with Christ is risen indeed. So Christ is risen. Jesus is risen. Right on. That's great news. Are we ready to study God's word together? All right. Well, let's try this again then as we get going. Jesus is risen. All right. It's the risen Jesus, the risen Lord, that makes it possible for you and I to find new life. We're going to talk today about new life, life eternal, new life being transformed today. And it's the risen Savior, his power over death, his power over sin, his power over the grave that makes it possible for us to be transformed and become more and more like him as we follow him. So I want you to take a look at this on the screen. This is a painting by Swiss artist Eugene Bernand. Anyone know or want to guess who these men are? Peter and John, I heard. Yep, on the left, uh, John. On the right, Peter. Two of Jesus' closest friends. Two followers of Jesus from long ago. Anyone, wanna, anyone know or want to guess what they're, what they're doing here? What's happening in this painting? Yes, that first Easter morning, 2,000 plus years ago, these two men, these followers of Jesus, are headed to the tomb because they have heard that it's empty. You see, that first Easter weekend, 2,000 years ago, on Friday, Jesus was executed, nailed to a cross, dead, buried, and placed in a tomb. Have you ever thought about that Saturday? What that Saturday would have been like for his friends and those that loved Jesus? That he was gone, that he'd been executed? They're in a hard time of waiting. And now it's come Sunday morning, and these two have heard, is it just a rumor that the tomb is empty? These men had known and been following Jesus for almost three years. They were his friends. Jesus had even told them ahead of time that he would be executed and then raised back to life. And now he had been killed. Look at their faces. Look at the emotions that the painter captured. Did they understand what was happening? Did they believe what Jesus had already told them ahead of time? If we could see those eyes, if we could see the details of this painting, what's going on behind those eyes? I'm sure there's anticipation, looking forward to what they might find, but perhaps there's fear and confusion fear about what they had seen and what it all might mean. But you know what else I think is in those eyes? I think also in those eyes is amazement and hope that what Jesus said would be true. And so they find themselves headed toward the tomb to see for themselves. And here you and I are. Easter morning 2017, many, many, many years after these first events, And yet, I think all these years later, I think some of us come to this room this morning and have some of the same emotions and some of the same questions. We think of the story from the Bible. We think of an empty tomb. We 
We try to get our minds around a man raised from the dead back to life, and we wonder. We can't help but wonder. Could it be? Is this for real? And then even, even those of us that have read the Bible for years or walked with Jesus for years, even those of us that have come to the conclusion that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is indeed a historical fact, even for those of us that have come to those conclusions, we may still struggle and say, does this matter? What does the empty tomb have to do with me today? This morning... I'm going to tell you some cardboard stories. When you think of someone holding a cardboard sign, what comes to mind? What comes to mind for me when I think of someone telling a cardboard story or holding up a piece of cardboard is that what comes to mind for me is someone telling us about their need, right? The sign often gives us a glimpse or or a, a little insight into their predicament, It gives us a glimpse into what it is that's hurt them, what it is that's gotten them there, why, what kind of hurt or difficulty or pain they have in their life, and why are they holding that cardboard sign? Why do they hold up that sign? They're holding up that sign in hopes that you or me, someone, anyone, could transform their situation, that someone, anyone, would make a difference in their life. So I'm going to start this morning with a couple of cardboard stories about Peter and John, these two disciples, these two close friends of Jesus. And uh, when, I, when we talk about Peter and John and these stories from their real lives, I think you're going to find that you can really relate to these two guys. These are two everyday human men. Do you hear me emphasize men? I think sometimes people think, maybe even some men think, that following Jesus is for sissies. Not if you knew these men. These are two everyday normal men. And I want us to get a glimpse into their lives. They're great guys overall, but you're going to see that these two guys, Peter and John, have their own issues, their own problems, their struggles. So here's a couple of cardboard stories. First about Peter. If Peter was to come up here this morning and tell you, a, hold up a cardboard sign for you, his might say, I have chronic foot-in-mouth disease. <laughs> you see, Peter could be a very bold, impulsive person. I know none of you can relate to this. You see, there was this time in the Bible when these words just came flying out of his mouth, and I think he was going, I wish I could grab those and put them back. Let's read about that time. Luke, t- Luke 9. It's on the screen for you. Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of Jesus' face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, his coming death and resurrection, which which was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Maybe that explains what's about to happen. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, and when they became fully awake and they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him, as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, 
uh, uh, Master, uh, it is good for us to be here. Um, let's put up three shelters. I think you guys need a place to crash. Um, I think we should do something here. Uh, one's for you, one's for Moses, one's for Elijah. And look at this, it cracks me up. Even the Bible says he did not know what he was saying. <laughs> Sometimes Peter's mouth got away from him. That ever happened to any of you? Nah. We can relate to Peter. Here's another cardboard sign. If Peter also was holding up, his, telling the life, story of his life in cardboard signs, he could hold up one that said, I was a cowardly liar. Luke 22 tells us the story. Then seizing Jesus, this is Jesus' arrest that we remember just a few days ago and prior to that first Easter Sunday. They led him away and took him to the house of the high priest, and Peter followed at a distance. And when, there had been, uh, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at Peter and said, This man was with Jesus. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw Peter and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with Jesus, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyone ever lie out of fear? Anyone ever have trouble standing up for what's right? Anyone ever have trouble standing up for a friend who is in trouble? We can relate to Peter. What about the other guy in our painting? What about John? What's John's deal? Here's one of John's possible cardboard signs. I was vindictive and cruel. The Bible tells us in Luke 9, as the time approached, for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. So when the disciples, James and our John from our painting, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy him? I know, we chuckled, but that's what it says. That's what he did. And Jesus turned and rebuked them. Whoa. Settle down, Johnny boy. Yeah, these are unwelcoming people, but guys, you don't need to jump to the conclusion that we should take them out. But I'm sure none of us has a vengeful or mean bone in our body, so we don't relate at all to John. And one more cardboard story about John. It would say, I'm looking out for number one. John looked out for himself. Listen to Mark 10, and we get a glimpse of John's selfish ambition. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. <laughs> what? I don't think I would have said that to Jesus. Or maybe I would have, because I'm no smarter than these two. 
Jesus, we want, us, want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. These guys are arrogantly asking for positions of power, for glory for themselves, for prestige for themselves. John was looking out for number one, seeking to find a way that he could get some credit. If none of you can relate, I can. Because I know I do silly stuff to put myself in a better position, to have people think more highly of me. As you can see, Peter and John have got some issues. They're imperfect guys. They sin. They fall short. They fail. Their cardboard signs have told us of their need of their hurt, of their suffering, of the predicament they're in. And they're no different than we are, are they? We could all hold up a cardboard sign to describe our need, the predicament we're in, particularly the predicament we are in if we are apart from Jesus Christ. They, Peter and John, like you and I, need more than just character development. They need more uh, than just some improvement, trying to be a better, nicer person. Peter and John need a heart transplant. They need to be made into new people. They don't need someone to give them a couple of dollars. What they need is someone to rescue them and give them new life. Let me tell you something else that's really interesting to me. I love this about Peter and John. Despite all their shortcomings, despite the cardboard stories we just told about Peter and John, you know what else we know about Peter and John? God used them to write the Bible. These two clowns put pen to paper and were carried along by God's Holy Spirit and wrote the Bible. If God can use Peter and John, guess what? He can definitely use you. Their writings, I mean, okay, Peter, 1st and 2nd Peter, John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the Gospel of John, the book of Revelations, these guys wrote Bible. And as we read their writings, we get glimpses of their spiritual growth, of the change they've experienced in Jesus, of the new life they've received. So let's look again at some of these cardboard stories. Remember Peter's foot and mouth disease? Let's look at what he wrote as he was carried along by the Holy Spirit. Here's three verses on the screen, and all three of them say what? They all have self-controlled. So here's the rest of Peter's cardboard story. The guy with chronic foot and mouth disease was growing in self-control. The power of the Holy Spirit transforming Peter was turning Mr. Impulsive himself into an advocate for self-control. And then there was Peter, the cowardly liar, who denied even knowing Jesus. Three times! But as God was working in his life, 
Peter later wrote these words, 1 Peter 3, whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Peter was learning the importance of truth-telling. And then he wrote, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, to suffering, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. This is the rest of Peter's cardboard story. Now that he's living for Jesus, Peter follows Jesus' example and goes from cowardly liar to courageously truthful, to standing up for Jesus even in the face of suffering. What about John? Remember the John who wanted to call down fire, take out those that were unwelcoming of Jesus? In 1 John 3, that same John wrote, This is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous. This is the rest of that cardboard story of John. Formerly angry and vengeful, John is now teaching peace, forgiveness, love. And we also read earlier about John looking out for number one, seeking glory for himself. But in 1 John 3, that same John wrote by God's Spirit, carrying him along, wrote Scripture, this is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue but with actions and in truth. God has changed John. So here's the rest of his cardboard story. From looking out for himself to obeying God and loving others. Where there was selfish ambition, God is transforming John into someone who looks to the interests of others. So what changed? What's the difference? What brought about the transformation in these guys' lives? What makes Peter and John go from hard-headed, foolish, sinful, falling short, failures, to writers of God's word being transformed. What happened? What changed? I need you to know something. It wasn't self-help books. It wasn't trying harder to be a good person. Here's what happened. Jesus died, rose again, victoriously conquering sin and death. And in his resurrected power, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, God himself, to live inside those that follow Jesus. That's what made a difference in Peter and John. Jesus made the difference in their lives. Jesus alone can transform our cardboard stories. Are you with me? It's okay if you agree sometimes. It's okay if I hear you sometimes. 
Jesus is the difference. Jesus alone can transform our cardboard stories. I mean, what were those guys privileged? What were those guys privileged to witness that first Easter weekend? I think what they were privileged to witness was God's ultimate act of love. Romans 5.8 tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What did it say at first, though? That God demonstrates his love in this. Those guys that first Easter witnessed an incredible demonstration of our loving Heavenly Father's amazing, powerful, transforming love for you and me. Those guys witnessed the lengths to which God would go to demonstrate his love to you. That verse on the screen doesn't say God loves us once we get our act together. That verse on the screen doesn't say be a good person and then God will demonstrate his love for you. Jesus came to rescue us from our sin, to rescue us from an eternity apart from God. He died on the cross and in the process of his death, he paid the penalty that you and I deserve for our sin. He rose again to new life. And the new life of Jesus makes it possible for you and I to experience new life with God. And the thing we, that I will say over and over again is that we can't forget that it has nothing to do with what you and I do. You want to be saved. You want a life with God. You want an eternity in the glorious presence of our great God. It has nothing to do with your efforts. Jesus already did it. That's why on Good Friday we can say it is finished. And that's why on Sunday morning we say, he is risen. Yeah. John 3.16 is familiar words for so many of us, and yet, do we skip over what it means? It says that God loved the world in such a way that he sent, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I think eternal life is something that we brush past sometimes. We say, oh, I've heard that before. Eternal life. Great. Next thing. Eternal life. This is glorious news. You know why it's not glorious news to some of us? Because some of us are picturing playing the harp on a cloud. That doesn't sound like any fun. Well, maybe a couple of you would have a, get a kick out of that. But we're not talking about playing harp on a cloud. When we talk about eternal life with our great God, we are talking about enjoying, experiencing the very presence of our great God forever. It's going to be a good time, friends. It's worth looking forward to. It's worth making sure that that's what's in your future. Are you with me? It's not boring. And not only is it not playing a harp on a sitting on a cloud, it's the presence of God and it's experiencing the new heavens and the new earth. Everything put back the way God had intended. Everything made right again. I want to be there. And yet, you know what? Amazingly, there's more. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come so that you might have life. 
And yes, he's talking about life eternal, but you know what? There's more. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, rich, full, meaningful, being transformed life today and this week and these years until we see him face to face in the future and everything is made right. It's eternal life forever in his presence after we die, yes, but it's also new life today. Being people under, under construction, with hearts in process, and being made new. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone who has entrusted their lives to him, anyone who has given their life to the, 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 the being, Jesus being master, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The transformation of our lives is possible. You and I can have new hearts, new desires, new attitudes, victory over sin, a transformed life, and life eternal. Why? Because when we entrust ourselves to the resurrected, risen Savior Jesus, He rescues, He makes new. And he gives us his spirit to empower us to live for him, to change us every day. So we've talked a little this morning about Peter and John's experience of knowing and following Jesus. I want to tell you, if you don't mind, a little bit of my experience of knowing and following Jesus. I, too, like Peter and John, know that the presence of God's Holy Spirit in my life is transforming is making me new, rescuing me forever, but changing me today. And if I were to write out some of my own cardboard stories, first of all, we wouldn't have time for me to write out the cardboard stories of all that Jesus has done for me. But if I were to try to give you a glimpse, some of my cardboard stories would be like this. I would first hold up the first side of the first cardboard sign, and it would say, I am a child of divorce, of divorced parents. But walking with Jesus, I can flip that cardboard sign around and show you that I have every confidence that because of Jesus, my marriage to Amy will last until death do us part. Because of Jesus. I could hold up a cardboard sign that says I'm an angry victim of abuse. But by the power of Jesus at work in my life, I could flip that sign over and let you know that I have been enabled by God to forgive and to receive healing and to continue to be healed of those hurts. I could hold up a cardboard sign this morning and the first side of it would say that I was enslaved by an area of sin for almost a decade. But by the grace and mercy of Jesus, I could flip that cardboard sign and tell you that I have found victory and freedom from that area of sin for the last 12 years. Jesus does this stuff. He takes you from death to life, from eternal torment to eternal joy in the presence of our great God. And he transforms us in the now. And I could hold up this cardboard sign today and tell you that I have a temper and a lack of patience with my children all too often. 
And if I flip that cardboard sign over, it would certainly not say that I'm perfect, but it would say that every day Jesus is helping me grow in patience and self-control. So this is a good time to tell you that Jesus followers, any Jesus follower in the room and me can tell you that entrusting your life to Jesus, becoming a follower of Jesus, doesn't just mean everything's perfect right away. Right, friends? I don't ever want you to think that you can say a certain words or stand up or come talk to me on a Sunday and that Jesus is going to make everything perfect and rosy in your life. But the empty tomb matters to me. The empty tomb is important to me. You know why? Because Jesus' death and resurrection from the dead to new life means that he is with me. Some of those broken relationships are still there, but Jesus is with me. Some of my sin and failures and shortcomings and difficulties I face and suffering we go through in our lives are still there, but Jesus is with me in it. The empty tomb matters to me because through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we receive eternal life and we receive transformed life. I want for you what I have experienced as I follow Jesus as being a person under construction, in process, being made new. And that's why Easter and the empty tomb matters to me. It's why the church family here we are gathered together. That's why the church family matters to me because we must not go, we must not give up meeting together because we are not made to be alone trying to follow Jesus on our own. We are made to live in community. We are made to have fellow followers of Jesus to share and encourage and point and comfort and nurture. That's why the empty tomb matters to me and it's why being with church family on Sundays matters to me. Peter and John have cardboard stories, didn't they? They have stories of new life in Jesus and transformation. So do I. You've heard a bit of my story, and now I want you to see some of your stories. This isn't just the Peters and Johns. It's not just for the professional guy that's standing in front this morning. New life and transformed life in Jesus is for all who follow Jesus. So in a minute, I'm gonna, we're going to show you a brief video. And these are real people from this church family who have real stories of experiencing the grace and mercy and forgiveness and rescue and transformation that is available in Jesus Christ. And as you watch this, I want you to think this morning, what is your cardboard story? If you wrote a piece of cardboard out right now and held up your need, your predicament, your hurt, your difficulty, what was your cardboard story say? Do you recognize your need for help? Let's take a look at these folks from our church family.
Aren't those great? And there's tons more of them out there. You followers of Jesus each have one. Each have many. And you know, this is a celebratory morning, right? We love Easter. We love Resurrection Sunday. But there's a little bit of a reality check here, right? If I, if I tell you the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the good news is good news because it kind of starts with the bad news. And we've, seen, we've talked about some of that bad news today when we talk about our need. And I'm urging you this morning to ask yourself, what's your cardboard story? What is the need in your life? And it's fine if you want to recognize a sin area or a need you have or a practical issue, but what I really would love you to grapple with is the need you have if you are apart from Jesus. I want to tell you the good news of Jesus. But it starts with the bad news that you and I on our own are a disaster. That we can't match up to God's holy standards. That we can't somehow strive or try harder or earn his love or try to find our way to salvation. The good news starts with the bad news that apart from Jesus Christ, we're stuck in sin, we're rebels against God, we're completely unable, and we're alienated from our God. But the empty tomb matters. Christ is risen. I thought by this time we might be excited about that good news. He is risen indeed. That was mocking you in a loving way, by the way. Jesus is risen. Now that sounds like a church family who believes there's good news. There's bad news and then there's good news that Jesus is alive, that the empty tomb matters because we all need Jesus every day. Perhaps you this morning are recognizing that you are apart from Jesus. That while you may come to church, that while you think you're a pretty good person, while you may think you know some of the Bible stories, maybe you are recognizing that you have not given your life to the rescuing Savior. Maybe you're realizing that new life eternal and new life transformed comes only by the one who can transform our cardboard stories the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we rejoice today. We rejoice and give you praise and honor and glory. Father God, we come before you this morning to worship you, to thank you for all you have done. In particular, Father, we are thinking of that first Easter weekend. We thank you for the cross and your son and his death. For us. And this morning, Lord, we thank you that he didn't stay dead, that you brought him back to life. We thank you, Father, for his death and resurrection, signifying victory over sin and victory over death and the new life available in Jesus for us. God, we thank you for the grace you've shown us undeserving sinners, us knuckleheads with cardboard stories. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, the free gift of salvation that you offer through your son, Jesus. Father God, for those, of, for those in the room that may be recognizing their need this morning, I pray that you would help them entrust themselves to Jesus. 
Father, if there's anyone here this morning who you are helping them to see that they fall short, that they are, that they are unable to save themselves, God, I pray that you would allow them to see that all they have to do is ask for your help. It's to ask to follow Jesus. To give their lives to him. And God, for the many of us in this room who have been following Jesus for a while, God, I pray you would show us areas of our lives that we continue to cling to, hold on to, try to hide from you. God, would you allow us to continue to surrender more and more of our hearts and our minds so that we can experience the transformation into Jesus' likeness. Lord Jesus, would you radically transform us from eternal separation to eternal blessed joy in the presence of God? Would you help us to cross from death to life from darkness to light. Help us to call on you this morning anew. And we are thankful that through Jesus you bring about new life, eternal and new life, transformed in process now. In the name of the risen Jesus we pray. Amen. Love of our great God. Do you know it? We, at Faith Free, we want you to know and experience God's great love. If you uh, are someone that's not sure where you stand with Jesus, we want to pray with you. We want to talk with you. We want to share with you more about this good news of life available in Jesus. You can have a seat if you would like for just a minute again. We're going to celebrate some more through song in just a moment. But we, I want to tell you a couple of ways here where if you would like someone to talk with you, someone to pray with you, if you want to ask more questions about Jesus and this transformed life, um, you can talk with me, you can talk with anybody you see up here, you can talk with a Christian that's near you. There are great people in our lobby area ready and available to talk with you and help you in any way. So uh, another great way to do it would be to jot something down on the Connect card that card in your bulletin, you can write anything on there you want, how we can pray for you, what information you need. Uh, if you would like to begin uh, a relationship with God through Jesus, let us know so we can encourage you in that. When you write that stuff down, you can drop it in the offering tray in just a couple of minutes. Speaking of that now, we are going to receive our morning offering uh, this morning. This is for those that call Faith Free Church home. If you're a guest with us, you can just let the offering baskets pass right on by. This is the way that we as followers of Jesus respond to all that God has given us. We give some of our finances back to him in generously, cheerfully, because of all that God has done for us. So in a moment, uh, the ushers will come and receive our morning offering. We'll continue to celebrate and worship through music. And after those wash, uh, offering bags have passed by, I encourage you to stand up and celebrate the risen Jesus together. Let's do that. At Faith Free Church, we want you to hear and, and experience the grace of God this Sunday, every Sunday. We want you to know of that amazing grace that God, though we don't deserve it, through Jesus' death and resurrection has brought about new life. Amen? 
So follow Jesus with your whole heart. Keep coming. Be together so we can be in God's Word together. We are glad that you joined us for Resurrection Sunday. And uh, continue to enjoy it with friends and family. Three quick things before you go. Enjoy each other. Say hello to someone near you, especially if there's someone you don't know or haven't seen in a while. Uh, share with one another a, a greeting, a he is risen, a hug, a handshake, a fist bump, whatever works for you. Okay, so do that. Uh, don't forget the photo booth out the doors and to the left. Get a good picture of your family. See if you can beat us. And, um, and then post it so we can see it. Tag Faith Free so we can see it. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, last thing, at Faith Free, we teach the Bible and we want to follow Jesus, the God-man. So starting next Sunday, we have a new series through the Gospel of Mark where we are getting to know and follow Jesus, the God-man. So come back next Sunday as we jump into God's Word in the Gospel of Mark. May the Lord bless you as you celebrate the risen Christ today. Amen. Have a day.